What did you wake up thinking about today, man? I think just how grateful I am, to be honest. Hey everybody, welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David, as always. I hope that you're home and healthy and happy and enjoying all the wonderful content in the world. We have another great show for you this week. We have Matt Gray of Herb, which is the largest online community of cannabis consumers in the world. He's got a huge following on Facebook and on Instagram, and he's working on a lot of other great products that we get into. Uh, What I think you'll most take away from this episode is that even though Matt has achieved a lot of success uh, early in life, he's very humble, he's very grounded, he's very zen. Uh, I think it's a really important takeaway for anybody out there trying to be an entrepreneur, raising money, etc. I learned a ton, guys. You're going to learn a ton. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. Matt, so good to see you again, man. Good to see you. Thanks too, for man. coming to Venice to see us. I appreciate you having me. We first met four years ago, four and a half years ago. San Francisco. San Francisco. David Hua's Meadow Party. David no? Hua. And then I think you came to my apartment, our apartment afterwards, and you told me the vision for what is now Herb. And um, the short version is basically that you bought a cookbook, right? Online. Stoner's Cookbook. That's what it's called, a Facebook group? Yeah, You tell correct. the story. You'll tell it better than I will. Yeah, so long story short, yeah, bought a site called The Stoner's Cookbook and then rebranded that to Herb. Uh, had a much bigger vision than, you know, putting online recipes out what, there. What was the following of Stoner's Cookbook at the time? 100,000 people okay. on Facebook and 100,000 unique visitors per month. Okay. Yeah. And you saw this and thought, well, this could be a lot more than cooking. Yeah, after analyzing the industry, it seemed obvious to me that whoever owned the most eyeballs had the biggest community, the most vibrant community, and then was able to connect those people long term with technology to get cannabis mm-hmm. in a timely manner would be, you know, extremely valuable and would be something that long term would have to be relevant because yeah. I certainly wanted to see that myself. Yeah. And so when I came across this asset, this community uh, that existed called the Stoner's Cookbook, um, in it, I saw the kernel of a promising community of engaged enthusiasts mm-hmm. that were interested, yes, in recipes, but certainly also other stuff. Sure. Because, you know, we like edibles and that's cool. But like there's a lot of other cool stuff too that we're into. You got to have stuff to watch and listen to while you're on edibles. Maybe you got to make all kinds of different lifestyle Yeah, and you're also into new products maybe coming out and cool people and influencers around the space and the culture of it. And there's a lot more to it, I believed to be true at that time that could evolve it into something much greater, much more impactful and something that long-term I'd be really excited to see in the world myself. And I believe that all of my friends would also find it kind of cool too. So you pitched it very similarly in, in my apartment that night. And as crazy as it is in cannabis today, it was even crazier then. I mean, nobody took anybody seriously, basically. It was like, oh, these crazy kids, they like weed. Even though in California, we've had cannabis forever. Like in the venture capital raising money world, it was like crazy still at that time. And 
Look at you. It's what? Almost five years later, something like that. Almost four years later. Six. Six years later. Well, that you started. Yeah. Yeah. Five, you, or four years from us. Yeah. Right. You've done everything that you said you were going to do that night, man. I think that's really fucking cool. I appreciate the kind words, and I'm also excited for your success and everything that's going on. It's been a it's been a hell of a ride, but I think that you know, reflecting on you know the four years, I think it's been there's been ups and there's downs. But I what I admire about I think both of our relationship and just our outlook on things is that we actually got into this for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And so those ups and the downs have actually been part of the fun ride Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for us. It wasn't something that's like, Oh no, a down. It's like, no, this is dope too. Like let's ride this, you know? Well, particularly because we both do media stuff in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways, even though it's very different ends of the spectrum, it allows you to sort of have this. Look, I am really a stoner. I really smoke weed every day, but I'm most interested in the business of cannabis. And it allows me to sort of look in with a 30,000 foot view and say like, hmm, what's working? What's not working? And we were just talking a little bit before the show started about like your strategy to do something ancillary and stick with it and do what you know. You come from a software engineering background before that, like has really paid off for you while a lot of vertically integrated folks are struggling and dealing with 280E and all these other things that are consistent with the cannabis industry. I mean, how do you sort of feel as a result of sort of coming through at least what is the first line of fire here? We're going to talk about there's a lot more lines, but you've certainly made it through this first chasm. I don't know, whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah, I don't know if it's the first. I feel like there's so many, to okay, be honest. Yeah. But let's call yeah. it, sure, there's an interesting period of time right now going on in this industry. And I think, yeah, for me, you know, yeah, when I wake up in the morning, one thing that often comes to mind, if not always comes to mind, is just the gratitude for the people along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, whether those are the, you know, the team who I am immensely grateful for. Uh, you know, I also have a cool opportunity also to work with my brother who's our VP product at herb mm-hmm. as well as an amazing designers and engineers like Corey Bedron and some others. And it's honestly like super inspiring each day. And mm-hmm. so that's awesome. And it's cool that we've gone through this journey together, yep. you know, and there's something really, I don't know, beautiful about that. And then, yeah, along the way too, I mean, I pinch myself with some of the meetings I find myself in yeah. and it only gets better and better over time as it gets norm- more and more normalized. You have hip hop sure. getting in music. Yeah whoever right and we were both talking about that before and Mm -hmm. there's just so many cool doors opening you know and then you're like wow this is what i was always waiting for Mm -hmm. you know and yes and no like yes i could envision this day but like you said i started just because like i really do like weed Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like for me that's been my guiding light in this industry is like if i'm not enjoying it as a stoner as a consumer like it's not worth it you know, it's, I'm doing it wrong, I guess. Yeah. That's kind of been my, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a core tenant of kind of my vibe day to day is make sure it feels like play. Yeah. Make sure it's fun. Make sure it's fun. Cause make sure you're, it's fun. What, when you're doing real magic in life, I believe that you're in the flow and the flow comes from just like, you're having so much fun. You're just like not thinking about anything, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. whatever you're working on. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the more I can just be playing around and having fun. And just doing good work by the people around me. Yeah. I mean, the rest just kind of takes care of itself from my perspective. That's awesome, man. And, you know, businesses, the tone is set at the top. So I'm sure being in your company is rad for that reason. 
I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so we're going to get into some topics, some hot topics. But before we do that, give us a little like today herb update. Like what are you working on? What's coming soon? What should we be excited about? So I have never been more excited for what we're working on and kind of the prospects for herb. We're a really tight family of people that believe that anyone in the world should get cannabis in under 15 minutes. Um, and we're making that future happen now. And so right now we are in the process of launching Herb Pickup in Canada with over 80% penetration of retailers there. Uh, through POS integrations that we have, we get live menu feeds from these retailers. And Herb Pickup is going to allow people to order ahead, skip the line, and save time. Um, and I'm excited for Canadians to have access to this product because I think it's something that um, is a game changer and get, brings them a step closer to a future where cannabis is fun, where it's personalized and where it's convenient, which is really what the vision has always been for Herb. And so that's exciting. The community's growing at like 82% month over month. Wow. Um, you know, we're expanding to California Herb Pickup very soon and working with really cool brands, whether, you know, the dosis of the world was just with the folks at Pure Beauty and love those guys and so that's really fun. Um, and yeah, we're just really focused on being this end to end solution for brands so that they can connect consumers to their products all the way from discovery through to transaction. And so I feel like that's the Holy grail for marketers in the space. Mm -hmm. When we say these things to them, it seems like it's music to their ears. Yep. And yeah, I think just that feeling of like, just like ultimate product market fit, to be honest, which like, don't get me wrong. I've also not felt that before many course, times. Right. Yeah. So it's not like it's always been this way. It's, it's come working. from a lot of pain and a lot it's of working. listening and a lot of, uh, conversations, but mm -hmm. it's working yeah. and it like, it is working and it's undeniable and we're profitable. And I look at the industry right now and there's a lot of people now talking about profitability. Yeah. And this was something that we kind of had foreseen two plus years ago as being mm -hmm. incredibly important because I think as we were both talking before, this is a long game, you know, yeah. this is something where, you know, yes, maybe some people made a quick buck and took some shortcuts or whatever it may have been. Right. But this is a long game, right? Just like any other industry before it. Well, your investors have to be pretty excited because even though you're not quote unquote, a cannabis company at one point, you definitely were lumped in with that same crowd, right? And your investors must be incredibly excited about how you've come out the other side of what is a tumultuous time in the cannabis industry, right? And if you're private equity on Wall Street, you're sucking wind in a lot of these deals right now. Um, I'm sure they tell you that. <laughs> I'm sure they're happy to be right. with you. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, we've got a great group of investors on our side. I mean, some of them have been people I've known for a decade now, the folks, you know, CEO and COO of Shopify, Toby and Harley. Mm -hmm. These are guys that in many ways in the mainstream arena have done somewhat of what we're trying to do in the cannabis industry in the sense that, you know, with those guys, they tried to kind of democratize entrepreneurship through these platforms that people could open their own stores. And right now in the cannabis industry, you have all these mom and pop shops and different people just trying to open up stores. Totally. And they're trying to now get that in the digital world, right? And it's how do you kind of serve these people better than anyone else in the world and just make it easy, mm -hmm. right? Because life is hard enough in this industry. Everyone will tell you that. Mm -hmm. And people want peace of mind. Mm -hmm. And that's where we come in, I hope, mm -hmm. I, with the people that we work with is give them some peace of mind. So if a brand comes to you 
and tell me how this conversation goes, right? Like you say, you're coming to California soon. You have a conversation with a brand. How does that conversation go? Like, do you say, hey, we have fulfillment partners that we can help you with too? Are you sort of turning on delivery for some people? Like how much of those conversations are you having here? Yeah, so um, there are three pillars to Herb's business. Um, so to be transparent, they are content, amplification, and or pickup, yeah. which is like point of sale. Yeah. And so with content, we make videos, articles, yeah. social posts, get your brand out there. Yeah. Amplification is getting that content in front of the right audience. Mm-hmm. And then Herb Pickup, which is launching in Canada and will be here in California soon, allows people to actually then transact and buy those products, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, the conversation is in California. If we're talking to a brand here, um, you know, say it was Dosist and meeting with Anne Marie tomorrow, um, who's a legend. You know, those conversations, I mean, everything that we do at Herb is custom. There's nothing like out of the box that we would work with a brand on. We bring ideas strategically as to how we can drive brand awareness and mm-hmm. sales. Um, and what that generally is a combination of these three pillars. Mm-hmm. So we'll go and create some custom content potentially for a company like Dosist, right? Yeah. And we have in the past. Um, and then we amplify that content to an audience that we think maybe represents the productive citizen um, and someone that would use a dosist. And then, yeah, we're going to allow people to hopefully order that ahead of time and mm-hmm. pick it up so that Anne-Marie at Dosist is hopefully able to put a dollar in to working with Herb and we're able to show her that it brings $3.75 back, right. Right? right? And that's the holy grail that I see and that's what they see too. And that's what we're trying to like manifest here in this industry. So without reveal, that was awesome. Thank you for the explanation without revealing too much in California, a pickup product is going to be maybe half the solution, right? Because we have delivery here, which Canada doesn't for better or worse. Um, that product isn't going to translate directly. Right. And it's just such a competitive landscape. I mean, we're going to talk about some topics in a few minutes, but everybody ease and med men and are having a time right now. Right. And how, how do you compete with that? How do you deal with that? Yeah. So I think first things first, and I talk about this a lot internally on the team and I think it's important. It's just my philosophy on business. I think it's easy sometimes to default to competition like that. Oh, what's the competition doing? Whatever. If I had looked at the competition over the years, I would be the company be dead by now, mm-hmm, right? Because mm-hmm. the, the, there's not much competition anymore, yeah. to be honest. Um, Just like that can that you're drinking. I was having that conversation earlier today. They don't have like direct competition. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard for them to like quantify exactly what they're going or where they're going. Interesting. Just similar. Interesting. Yeah. Right? And yeah. I mean, and, and these guys are doing a great job. Like I love what it's cool. they're about. And yeah. I love the design for Red Antler that made this. And I think the point is like, just like can and just like herb, we set out to do something different and we didn't look at the competition too much, which means that we're quite different from anyone else out there. Maybe at a surface level, we look like a something else, but we're not that. Yeah. And yeah, as it relates to like ease, like good on them and like other companies out there, good on them. Um, in terms of what we're doing. Yeah. We have an existing community here, right? And these people want to use herb to get cannabis. These are loyal, engaged consumers Mm -hmm. that are loyal followers for the last seven years, Mm -hmm. right? So they're waiting for that chance to use herb Mm -hmm. to buy cannabis. Mm -hmm. 
And so, yeah, I hope there's lots of competition. It's all good. Like, there's a lot to go around, you know? We were just talking about how there's, was it $2 billion of sales it was in California last year? Or what? $2 billion for what? The sales of cannabis. How many sales? Oh, like five. Sorry, five. Yeah. Okay, yeah. five billion. Yeah. My bad. I don't have it off the top of it's my head. Good. But five billion. There's a lot to go around, right? So that's a good transition. Of that five billion, five plus billion, whatever, that represents such a small portion of cannabis consumed in California. It's estimated that like 60, yeah. 80% is black, black market. market. Yeah. I mean, that's just a nuts figure to wrap your head around to begin with. And like, I understand from the consumer's perspective, you know, they've been using the same guy that comes to their house for 15 years. It's a third of the price of what it is at MedMen. But for a lot of good reasons, we should be buying and consuming legal cannabis, you know? Like, what do we do about this? Well, I mean, just to finish the last thought, right, is I think when we're talking competition here, it is the black market. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You can com- talk about Herb and X company, X legal yeah. company. X, it's not that. And that's that's where we've always believed. And the interesting thing about this industry is it's always been this kind of mobile first industry. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, you're using your phone text to first. text a guy. Absolutely. Right? So it's like, how do we just make those texts legal yeah. is what I'm worried about. Mm-hmm. You're not worried about, but that's the opportunity that I see. Mm-hmm. Right? Is taking that mobile experience and making that legal because that's the real, like, you know, that's the North Star. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But again, if you're a consumer, it effectively is legal for you. Like no one in California. I'm using California because it's huge and yep. I live here. But yeah. um, no one is getting you in, getting you in trouble for buying illegal weed. And, and that's the rub here is like there's so many companies, big brands that have raised a lot of money that are really suffering because their projected revenue was X and actually the total revenue the whole tam itself was like a quarter of that it's a disaster it's a disaster and now you got all these companies raising down rounds as a result they have no choice again this goes back to the ancillary question of you didn't fall into all that that trap but um again i guess is it have to be like cigarettes do we have to shame people for smoking black market weed do we have to like culturally make a shift like do we need to make a shift does it need to go away? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I have I could go on about this for a long time. Yeah. But to keep maybe just one thought, like which is precise, um, is I think part of our philosophy at Herb is with, in my personal philosophy, is that cannabis, legal cannabis, is missing that like killer app. Okay. The the thing that suddenly, holy shit, I should definitely be using this legal method. Because there's just nothing that convincing yet. Is it beverages? I personally think it's an easy way to order it from your phone that's legal. Okay. And that on there, it's all legal. That's genuinely what I think. But as we just said, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, go for it. As we just said, it's inherently mobile already. So how much better is the experience of ordering legally through an app versus texting my homie and he shows up with, honestly, sometimes... The same cannabis from the same cultivators, you know? Yep. And you have to combine with that that it's maybe twice as much money, right? Yeah. I, it's so, just, I know it's a hard question to answer. No, I this. think it's, I mean, yeah. from my perspective, I have a definite answer yeah. to this. And the yeah. definite answer is like, look at it as an example, uh, accommodations, you know, when Craigslist was out there, 
right? People were going online and finding people on Craigslist and where to stay and whatever, right? And yeah, it was good and all. And that's what a lot of people did. Craigslist was super popular and I mean, still has people on it. Then a solution called Airbnb comes along, which does look kind of weird at first. People, what the hell is this thing? And how could this work, right? Mm -hmm. And this doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's more expensive. And, And yeah, like... It's a different approach. And yeah, it's also mobile and also has a website, but it's Airbnb, not Craigslist, right? And when, you know, you would go tell your mom, oh, I'm just going to Austin, Texas to stay in a Craigslist. She's like, oh, don't die on me. Right. But you, then you, now you go to mom three years later and you go, hey, I'm going to, yeah, rent an Airbnb. Oh, show me pictures. Like, let me see. So there's trust, right? Yeah. And just like something that's a killer user experience where you use it and it gives you delight, mm-hmm. which is something I don't text a black market dealer personally and feel delight out of that sucks i'm like is he here yet is he coming are you there are you coming like i need it now (laughs) whatever right but with this no you're getting progress updates and oh it's almost there and it's being curated for you that's how it should be delightful so without looking at the app we're not looking at the app in front of us like what's better about what you've created than the shopping, e-commerce, cannabis experiences that are out there today? Yeah, so I think it starts with a focus on design and user experience. Mm -hmm. I think that you can look at any single moment that a consumer spends in its user journey and rate it. Mm -hmm. And you can also look at the sum total of those steps and go, how many are there? Yeah. And I think what we focus on is... How do we reduce the time in every one of those steps? How do we reduce the steps as a total? And how in each of those steps do you actually feel a dopamine rush in your brain? Mm -hmm. Right? And if you can create a process where it's built with that much intention and just that much passion for like those delightful moments at every single second, millisecond, Mm -hmm. that that person's using your product I think that the sum total of those steps and then when compared to call it ease, call it whatever, black market, you know, whatever, I I think the bar is still actually relatively low. Yep. And I think that there's a huge gap there um, that we see, that I see. uh, And yeah, I think that's that's how it's different. That's a good answer. Um, Okay, let's shift topics a little bit. We were talking about brands. It's very, very tough for brands. And particularly marketing is really tough for brands, right? Uh, The idea of ROI is almost non-existent in the canvas industry. Everybody just throws money at Coachella or Northern Knights or billboards or nothing that they can actually track or, and the technologist in me just like is enraged by this idea that, you know, you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars with no idea how well it's coming back. One of these channels that's getting more and more out of control is the slotting fees. And slotting fees are very common in almost any industry. Uh, If you go to the grocery store, what you see at eye level was paid for. That real estate was paid for, right? But it's a relatively new thing in the cannabis industry. And increasingly, you're seeing these big retailers charge five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 a month to put brands at the right eye level. So I'm very torn on this issue because I want the best products to exist in the world and to be proliferated. However, I'm still a capitalist. And if that retailer 
can subsidize their revenue by having additional slotting fees and people will pay for them. I don't see a problem with that. What says you? What do you think about this slotting fee debacle? Yeah, so what comes to mind and, you know, just giving you the quick and dirty is, I mean, I feel as though when I go to a grocery store or when I go to Indigo to go buy a book that it's done somewhat similar. Maybe not all of it. Yeah, you have like, you know, your editor's choice or whatever, right? Like they curate their own stuff too, right? But yeah, they have certain shelves that they're like, here's our top 20 right now, Mm -hmm. right? And maybe people are paying for those. And like, that's cool with me. Um, And I think that it's just a matter of balance, right? That, you know, I'm talking to various brands in the space and especially here in California, and you're right there. It's, it's, it's really hard out there, right? You know, California just increased their taxes for these companies when they already were like, damn, you know, it's like, and it's kind of, well, it's not even sad because I think that the guys that I talk to, the entrepreneurs that I talk to in this industry, who I think are unbelievably inspiring and especially the ones here in California where, yeah, like you're, it's hard enough as it is. And sometimes they just make it harder on you. But I talk to these guys and women and they're in it. They're going to make it. And yeah, I think they would tell you too, as long as it's balanced, they're open to paying it. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's, and I would be open to paying it, but it just, let's keep it balanced here and let's not gouge people. Is it important to you as a consumer that you know, which brands paid to be there and which ones earned the right to be there? Is that relevant to you? I think that's more important in the online world. Mm. Um, I'm not sure because I don't have like retail experience myself if there's a similar model or rules around like that because it's almost like advertising. Yeah. And so if there were rules that I was unaware of, then I would obviously be 100% compliant and play by those rules. Um, But to me, just as a free market dude... Yeah. That just whatever, like I mean, yeah. no, like just let like just mix it up and have some fun. Yeah. It's your store. You Agreed. created that experience. Yeah. Make the experience. Like yeah. you're if you make that experience bad because you take too much money for bad products, people and you, won't come. Then people yeah. won't come, and then yeah. you'll change the experience. And that hopefully that just like free market approach would modify it. Agree. So that's my approach. One hundred percent agree. Um, so that kind of touches a little bit on politics. We were kind of talking about capitalism and the big debate the big war that i think is coming in this country which is essentially democratic socialism i think that's what i'm supposed to call it and trumpito and this is a capitalist versus sort of socialist war and it's kind of interesting because cannabis i believe is in the midst of a similar kind of battle like a a fight for the soul of cannabis um and there's a lot of sort of small cultivators, manufacturers, brands that make fantastic products, but surely will not be around in two years because the cost structure is just not in their favor. You know, in that case, is it upon government to try to prevent the absolute corporatization of this industry or Again, is it free market capitalism? And if we're all smoking Bud Lights, then so be it, you know? That's a great question. I think similar theme, and then I'll expand, is it is about balance. Mm. I don't think that necessarily one extreme or the other 
would be po- overall the best approach. Yep. And I think most people, I think a lot of people like would agree with that. You know, there's a balance and it's, where is that line? Yep. And I think, you know, we were talking about music earlier and, and some hip hop artists and in some sense it's kind of like hip hop, you know, it started, there's this like underground sort of culture that mm-hmm. started. Right. And as it grew, where did that culture have its relevance? And it's always been that question. Yeah. Well, oh, now how is it going to stay that? Because that's what hip-hop yeah. is, not this. Yeah. And then the Migos come out and that's, oh, yeah. no, not the me. And then, no, yeah. now the Migos are hip-hop. Yeah. And it's always this, totally. this tension, right? And I think as long as there's a tension, that's actually good. Mm. Because then we're constantly asking, is this the soul of cannabis or can it be better? Mm. Hopefully that's a question we're asking. I love that answer. And I think that if that tension continues to exist, hopefully the net result of that tension is a line where both sides don't feel the best about it, but they'll live with it. Yeah. And I think that whatever that looks like is what I'd like to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So right in the midst of that battle is the very, very big need for banking legislation in the United States. Um, and like a lot of bills that have passed the house, it's sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk and he has no desire to do much with it. But do you foresee a time where we're going to get some banking legislation? Maybe we're going to remove 280E. Are we going to see the loosening of this stuff sooner rather than later? Or are you sort of bearish on it? I mean, I think with this sort of stuff, there's constantly new data points coming in, right? Mm -hmm. So it's my opinion on this is constantly shifting Mm -hmm. and I don't know if I'm always studying it. So I don't always have the full information. That's fair. But, you know, a trend that I think could happen, this is a little out there maybe, but I feel as though, you know, let's just say Bernie keeps on chugging. Yeah. Right. And I just was seeing a clip. As we speak, he's the leader. uh, we're about, let's see, what's the next, uh, super Tuesday is on Tuesday. You learn a lot on super Tuesday. That's the first time in California votes by the way too. And so right now, Bernie is the leader that very well could change in the next week or so, but let's continue his story. Let's say Bernie is the front runner. He gets the nomination. Is that your, let's just say that, yeah, that, let's say that, that route goes okay. right. And so I just saw a video five hours ago on, bernie's instagram just it was shared by someone yeah i think a cannabis person i know yeah and that clip is him talking about marijuana legalization yeah and let's go to the other side for a sec trump if i put myself in trump psychology i don't lose i only win Uh it's all about just it's getting the w yeah and if that w (laughs) looks like passing the bank app and going mitch sign the damn thing yeah we got to get this thing going. Yeah. Bernie, this is a swing issue. We're going to get rid of this guy. We're going to legalize it. I think that that's, that's, that's like something that I just see happening. I think that's an awesome analysis. Yeah, I could definitely see him saying like in late October, you know, cannabis is decriminalized now across the country, right? And just yeah. like how many people are single issue voters out there, right? And they're going to be like, okay, well, fuck, I'm with this guy. Like, yeah. That's real. Yeah. I know I really believe like this is my yeah, I do too. my belief that this is what's going to happen. I do too. Okay, so let's make some predictions just for fun. Sure. Is Bernie going to get 
the nomination? Is that going to happen? Oh, you really want to talk politics? So, well, that, I you're mean, saying that's the Democratic on, nom- yeah. nomination? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I want to say yes, uh-huh. but I'm just wondering how does the Democratic Party going to kibosh him this time? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, who's going to like? No, I don't know. I'm scared for point. him a little bit. You such know? a good point. Yeah, yeah I don't because know because they don't want him. No. So I'm just like, him. what can they do? You know, because you know. Yeah. Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> Sorry, I Let's just had to go. Say More it. conspiracy. Yeah, I just had to say Bring him out. Okay. It's like Bernie didn't kill himself. So now that we brought up conspiracies, we're talking about how hard it is to be a weed brand in California, right? There are people that believe it is intentional that in the state of California, they have created the system as such that it's basically impossible to succeed. And I have no specific evidence i don't i want to be clear no one has come out and said that they've intentionally tried to fuck up the canvases of california but if you look at it like just think like an economist or a lawmaker and all the things that have happened in 2019 and then they decide to raise the taxes in 2020 that triggers this little spidey sense inside of me that says like okay they know what they're doing you know mm-hmm. do you buy that narrative at all or is it just we're just dysfunctional. It just doesn't work. There's a quote, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but the quote is something like, don't attribute something to ill will, which can be attributed to stupidity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I kind of live by that yeah. generally. Yeah. And so, I mean, as that rule kind of pertains to the situation, yeah, Part of me is like, and not that the government's stupid. It's more just like they have, they don't yeah. know what's going on. You yeah. know, they're not, not paying attention. Are they putting them? Are they collectively in that you know town hall or whatever that city council, whatever, putting themselves in you know Joe Schmo who runs that brand and sacrificed his you know put his mortgage on the line and you know everything he ever had on the line to start this thing and. Damn, it's been a struggle, but sometime it's going to turn around. And then, mm-hmm. boom, you increase them in the midst of all this. Yeah. And I think that I would hope it's just maybe just a lack of just like, just wow, you just awareness. don't know what's going on. Yeah. You know, I, I hope so. Yeah. And I hope that that's the opportunity in all this is that I hope we can just continue to bridge these gaps and have these conversations and hopefully get to a spot where this tension yeah. is more where we want it to be. Yeah. I really hope you're right. I'm praying I'm right, to be honest. I think you're a kinder person than I am, but <laughs> but yeah, I really hope you're right. Um, all right, let's move on a little bit. A lot of last year uh, in the canvas surrounded this vape gate, mm-hmm. right? And everybody was really worried about vaping, and I think there was all of maybe like 11 people that died or something. But now that we have corona, it seems like really like, this ridiculous thing, right? Like, <laughs> but anyway, it's a pandemic. <laughs> BDS put out some new numbers, and it looks like vape has recovered. Um, and then that was sort of when it was in the headlines. Like, and I think a little people, some people gravitated probably towards like beverages or edibles, or maybe a little towards flowers, but kind of maybe not. Um, do you vape? Do you like to vape? Is it part of your life? Yeah, so my cannabis consumption has varied drastically over the year between frequency, consumption yeah. method, the whole bit. It's kind of uh, it's all over the place, just like myself. And so 
yeah, right now, um, yes, I vape. And the controversy was going on while I vaped. Mm-hmm. And yeah, me too. to be honest, I mean, I think it depends like in, on some level to keep it simple. Are you an insider and you like know your shit? Or are you like new to this whole game? Yeah. Oh, if you're new to this whole game, it's terrifying. It's really what the hell's going yeah. on? You're like, man, no one go near that shit. And you're telling like going your friends. to the strip club for the first time. You know, it's like, wait, what do I do? Like, what? <laughs> what the hell is going on? Yeah. If you're on the insider side of it, I mean, I think you just gravitate to the, you know, the places that you trust. Yeah. You know, I got a Sherbinsky's here yeah. and Dosist I trust, and there's others. Yeah. And I'm, I feel, I feel fine. Yeah. And. Yeah, I think the insiders know that there was just some scrupulous shit maybe going on at a few of these guys, and it may have been black market yeah, to be exactly. honest the whole time. That's, yeah, that goes right? back Which to I think our it other was, discussion. Largely. It was, yeah, yeah. It was. and so yeah, so you're more just going. I wish that other group of people realized. Tell people to stop smoking anything but the legal right. shit, right? Yeah. But unfortunately, those are not the stories that are told. And but I think see, that, this is the education and the culture shift yeah. that, frankly, people like you have the opportunity to do, you know, to say, I don't know. It's a delicate question, but like, how do we tackle? Look, I'm sure you have an audience in a lot of places where they don't have legal access. That's a whole different question. But in the ones that they do, like, I think it's important that we start that shift. You know, we try to say like, there's a reason to buy legal, you know, like people said, like buy American, you know, like there was a reason for that, like buy legal. Yeah, no, it's an interesting they thought i think that i think that is going on i think it just takes time you it does know? take time and i think it also among many things is a testament to the power of brainwash mm-hmm. you know that when there were these racist campaigns that went on to illegalize something that we knew had medicinal and many other amazing properties that shit ran deep, mm-hmm. right? And brainwash runs deep. It's real. It's yeah. like psychological warfare shit. And it's the same thing with the word socialism. Right. And so, exactly. People and are just so, brainwashed by it. You right. Know? Yeah. It's triggered. And so, uh, yeah, I think with with where we're at with it and everything, it's like it is changing. It's just the level to which psychologically society was fucking warped. Yeah just takes a little bit of time to unravel that mm-hmm. and it's more time than yeah it takes to convince someone hey buy a macbook or something like right, that right, right, right. Yeah. you're like no, no no buy a macbook Ooh, but is is this gonna kill me it's like yeah. no come on. <laughs> those lithium batteries man. yeah man it's not good for you yeah um i want to shift i want to talk a little bit about you and the man behind the business uh you talked about your own consumption a little bit and how it varies quite a bit um Tell us about that. I mean, how has it evolved since you entered the cannabis industry? Yeah, so, I mean, at a high level, I think when Pun I intended. first started consuming <laughs> cannabis, it was always rolling my own joints, and in my circle of friends was known for rolling yeah. the best. Yeah. It's probably still am. Big and ones? Little ones? No, just like tight, proper ones. Can we have a joint rolling competition on herb? Oh, let's do it. I'm ready to go. More than happy to do I'm it. I roll a pretty good joint. Perfect. Challenge accepted. It's not perfect, but it's pretty good. All right. Well, that's the opportunity. I just saw it. Yeah. You just doubted yourself. <laughs> no, I was just trying to get <laughs> you like, to come it's in. Not, uh, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. I like Sandbagging it. Sandbagging you. Yep. Anyway. 
live on the air. We're sandbagging Matt Gray. <laughs> that sounded way worse than it was intended. Um, okay, so like you so my consumption smoke habit. the yeah, big so trees smoke joints and all yeah. that, but then you know over the years, um, I think it just shifts with what your goals shift, right? And and just your lifestyle and mm-hmm. your location too. You know, there's certain products that I like in certain geographies that will maybe shift my consumption habits, right? Maybe I'm in a mode where I'm not smoking joints too much in New York, let's just say, but then I get to LA and I'm like, yo, I'm going to grab some space coyote, some pure beauty and, you know, a dosist or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Right. And let's do this thing. Right. So, um, yeah, I think that's how it's. So right now, I just ran a marathon 10 days ago. Congratulations. And so, and I was actually using my vape while doing the marathon and microdose before, you know, and just like doing my thing. So, and yeah. was there a particular strain? Always high CBD and like maybe four to one CBD or whatever. Even during the marathon. Yeah. Yeah. Just cause you just, I had, I wasn't trying to finish it fast. I was just trying to finish. Just finish. Yeah. And so I finished like four hours and 20 minutes basically. That's not that bad though. Ironically enough. It's <laughs> and, not. And if I'm going to be running for four hours and 20 you. minutes, I am going to be consuming cannabis. Was that your goal time or? No, it was actually four hours and down? 10 minutes. Oh. But, uh, you should have waited the extra 10 minutes. I man. know. Well, yeah, I waited at the finish line so I could take a picture of it. And I was like, yeah. Um, you had someone told me I would have slowed down. You would. And so. <laughs> I <laughs> just like smoking down. like a foot away from the yeah. finish line. <laughs> like, I'm just waiting. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Um, do you watch Jesus and Miro? I do not, but you I know have what that watched. show is. Yes. Okay. So they do this thing at the end of the show where. You know, like there's 24-hour neon lights at a bodega or corner store or whatever, right? Yep. So if you had a neon sign that was above your head and followed you around everywhere for the rest of your life, what would your neon sign say? Wow. That is a hell of a question. Just like a funny sign that said just something like, I don't know, who's this guy or something like that. Just Who's this guy? <laughs> Literally, who is this guy? I'll take it. This has been fun, man. Thanks yeah, so much thanks for doing it. Yeah. Much love. <laughs>